folks, you know you're in for a treat when you hear that sound because it means it's time for another episode of the Rec Poker Podcast. So thank you to Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and to Mark Bershon at Website Amp for making all this possible. Um, I'm so lucky to be here. I've got the best job in the world. My name is Jim Reed. You can find out about me and everyone else on the Wrecking Crew by going to rec.poker slash crew. Um, or you could just take their word for it. Uh, we've got Eric, John, and Kim in the house today. Uh, starting with Eric, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can find you and uh, what's going on with you these days? I'm Eric Jin, also known as Binkley on the Rec Poker Forum. You can find me on Twitter at Rec Binkley. And I'm John Somsky. I am Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Kim Kilroy. You can find me most places as PetVet, and in our home game is Fergie56. And speaking of the home game, it's Monday night. Uh, we're recording this after the chats edition of the podcast, like we often do. And every week we are playing in the nightly home game, the free play money one, where you can come and test your skills against each other and learn together. And just like every week, we're going to take a post from the rec.poker forums, which are free to join, and talk about it here on the air. So the first post we're going to look at tonight is by the one and only 5x5, five five, Chris Jones, the uh, membership content director here at Rec Poker. And he's, his post is titled Cooler or which is three question marks. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that in American, but in Canada, that would be So Cooler or uh, here's a hand I played this weekend. Did I make a mistake by not leading the turn? because it will check through so often. And on this river, I just snap called, but is it really that easy for this big of a shove? Are we ever capable of folding this? Good questions from 5x5 five five himself. Um, why don't I just take us through the action and then the group can talk about uh, what we think we would do at various points. So this is in uh, an ACR tournament, I believe. I don't know the buy-in, but it's uh, eight max. We're in the big blind as Chris, we are the hero, and we're holding the jack of clubs, six of clubs. So we get an open raise, and we're quite deep. We're about 150 big blinds deep. Uh, we get an open raise from middle position to two and a half X. Uh, we get a call in the hijack, the small blind calls, and we are facing uh, a one and a half big blind raise with jack six suited. Um, I'm probably just calling this, I don't think it's that controversial. We're getting excellent odds with a pretty bad hand, but it's uh, still capable of flopping well. So we could fold, we could raise, we could call. What does anyone think is the best player? Oh, suited hand, big blind. Yeah, I'm flatting. Yeah. Yep. I think so too. Um, That's not the interesting part of the hand. So we've got the jack of clubs and the six of clubs. The flop comes six of hearts, jack of diamonds, six of spades. So an above average flop when you're holding jack six and uh, the small blind checks. I think we're going to check a lot here. And so we do check. uh, We get a check from the original razor and then the uh, hijack player, the last player in the hand bets about a third of the pot. The small blind checks or folds and it's back to us. Uh, I think we have the option of raising or calling here and we elect to call and the original razor folds. 
So I think some people will like a, a check raise there, but um, you're not really afraid of much and you get to kind of keep your opponent's entire range in the hand by calling. So I see why Chris called. Um, anyone want to jump in on that point or should we move on to the turn? Well, one thing is that the original razor does have jacks in the range. Mm -hmm. um, the other callers could, good. Some people do flat with their jacks, but um, sometimes they would three bet it, so it does remove some of their jacks. Um, mm -hmm. I know, I know, we're heavily blocking it. There's only one combination, but our hand isn't um, the absolute nuts. So. I'm okay calling because once you call and then the original razor folds, you have that information like, okay, now now we're we're only afraid of pocket sixes. No, actually not. No, actually we aren't because we have the six. So now right. we 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 pretty much have, have the nuts right now. So I like I like the flat. That's a great point. And uh, you're not as worried about the late position player having jacks because they'd likely have three bed that um pre-flop at, at least a, a somewhat high frequency so yeah the hard part with this type of a flop is you basically strangled the board you're not mm -hmm. leaving anyone else any room to have a piece of it um i mean unless the other player has a pocket pair you know or maybe the case jack you know ace jack or something like that uh i guess not the case jack there are two more like Minkley just said but there aren't very many hands that your opponent is going to continue with. So, and with two, a paired board on the flop, if you check raise or bet out at it, it looks so terribly strong. Of course, even just flat calling looks extremely strong on a board mm. like this too. Now that's a great point because it's a rainbow flop. There is no straight draw. And so I do like that point, John, that calling doesn't really disguise the strength of your hand. Um, but it does include a lot of other hands, like those other pocket pairs and things like that, that might be played that way that would not check raise. And there's not a lot of natural bluff candidates to include in a check raising range as well. Kim? No, I was going to say that I think that the hijack is it that leads out. I think that they have to be, relatively strong on this flop leading into four people mm -hmm. like they're betting into four people even though they're the last to act right Wasn't yes the they are the last the to act. that's right they were they, they called pre-flop they went check position. check and the original caller and the original razor checks as well right that's right yeah right so i think that they have to be fairly strong to bet out into four people like mm -hmm. right. and it's hard to be strong on this board without uh, exactly a jack, a jack or yeah. you know, or, eight, they could have a middle better. pair, yeah, yeah, sevens are better, yeah, I would yep. agree, or a six, sure, they or a six, have, yeah, they've got know, some sixes called five, six, there. six, seven, yep, you know, a six for sure, yeah, okay, yep, I like that, that makes sense. So, uh, well, it, yeah, go ahead, no, no, it's, and I like the call as well, so mm -hmm. from. From the big blind at this point. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we do call and the turn comes the five of clubs. So it's six of hearts, jack of diamonds, six of spades, five of clubs. Very bricky. Uh, 
this is and and Chris checks, and as it happens, the opponent checks behind, and so it just goes through. Um, Chris asks in his post, "Did I make a mistake by not leading the turn because it will check through so often?" Uh, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think about that? Is this a turn that we should be leading? Um, or do we get more value from our opponents continuing to bluff when they do? I always ask myself, is the second best hand that I'm value targeting, are they the kind of hand that's going to call my bet, but check behind if I check to them? Or are they the kind of hand that's going to fold to my bet or take a stab at this if I check? Right. So the only thing I have here is that we're so deep that I wouldn't, but I don't mind trying to build the pot a little bit, mm-hmm. like to try and get some chips in. You can't take somebody's stack of 150 big blinds if you don't start getting some chips in at some point. So, you know, I wouldn't mind a raise on the flop sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. and because you're so deep. Because we're so deep, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and then if we had raised the flop, we could definitely lead this turn. But as played, I don't mind the check here. Yeah, I think there's something nice about the lead in that our opponent has kind of defined their range by. Well, I guess that's not true. Maybe, maybe we, maybe we think they can be doing some. I don't know. They it feels can have like a jack here. Yeah, so they, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It does feel like that range that Kim put them on with like a jack or sevens to tens, something like that, um, would play it this way. The so, problem is here. They're not the original razor, right? Right. So how many ace jacks, king jacks, do they have all those still in their range? I guess they do. I guess they do. I guess most most people aren't three betting those early. Right. Those big stacks. I I was just going to say with, you know, as it was played, given that the, there was no three bet on the flop Mm -hmm. or raise on the flop, not a three bet raise on the flop. When the five comes, there's not much you could be representing other than a six. If or you're Jack, gonna, right. Jack, if yeah. you're going to be, well, if you're going to take over the lead, mm. right? if someone else, if you called behind, um, if, if that card had been an ACE, that'd be a really good spot to call behind because one potential hand that the, your opponent could have would be ACE King. Right. Um, particularly well, they, if they just called preflop though. They didn't rate. They were the first caller after the initial raiser. So I would take most ace kings out of their range. Well, Um, but ace jack would still be in there. Yeah. yeah, Give them two pair. Right. Which gives you a good spot to bet into them so that they can raise you. Um, Yes. But with the five, I don't, I don't see how that's possible. The only hand you can, would represent that that would improve your hand would be like pocket fives or something like that. <laughs> but, but if your screen name's five by five, 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 five. Make... <laughs> well, true, true. <laughs> but, but um, you don't want a hand calling that beats pocket fives, <laughs> right? Cause that's pretty dangerous there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess, yeah, it really depends on what you think, what you think your opponent if they have the kind of hand that, because the five didn't really help anybody, 
right? So the question is, do they ha- do they have a hand that's good enough that they're going to continue with through a call? Um, because a lot of those hands will check back, I think, at that point. Because you've kind of also established that you have some strength in this hand by calling that flop bet. So maybe that makes a better argument for leading because they're less likely to continue at it um, because your range just isn't, isn't very weak. Okay. Yeah. I always struggle with these hands where you flop super strong mm-hmm. because part of you wants to start building the pot, get money into the pot. But the other part, you have to ha- allow your opponents to catch something right before they're going to actually pay you off. Yeah. So, you know, I never know whether slow playing it is the right move to maximize your value or whether playing it fast is right. Um, You know, if it's just a set, I tend to play those fast because it's very disguised and there's still two other cards on the board that your opponents could have. Um, But in this case, I I never know what to do. Well, I think against the, if it was against the pre-flop raiser versus the caller, I think I would be more inclined to play it faster as well because they have all the over pairs and strong hands in their range. Yep. So... Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. We check, check. Yep, check, check. And the river comes the 10 of hearts. So the final board, six of hearts, jack of diamonds, six of spades, five of clubs, 10 of hearts. Right. Um, and we do lead. Chris leads for about 75 or 80% of pot. And the villain... Solver likes that lead, by the way. Yeah, likes the bigger yeah. sizing there. That makes yeah. sense. And uh, the villain shoves all in, which again is pretty deep. Uh, the original bet was for 5,000, a little less than 5,000. And the shove is to a little over 30,000. Um, so Chris calls in real time. He says he calls pretty quickly. And I think it's, you know, we get a tad. I, I, sent, I submitted a hand to Kim's uh, pet vet hand history earlier this week in a very similar spot where I flopped a full house. I had pocket sixes and felt like I was just entitled to win that hand and just kind of kept stringing the guy along until it turned out he was actually stringing me along with a bigger full house. Um, And I also called pretty quickly on the river because I think I was in that mindset where I was just trying to take this person to value town. And what happens here is Chris calls quickly and the guy after checking back the turn, uh, river to 10 and he had pocket tens and that gave him the full house tens full of sixes, which was bigger than Chris's full house sixes full of jacks. And that's just how it goes. And, and it's like a, how many times the pot shove was it? Like it was huge, right? It was, it was like seven times. It was seven times Chris's bet. It was like seven or eight times Chris's bet. And Chris's bet was pretty close to pot. So yeah, it was like a five, a five x, five x, yeah, five yeah. times the pot. Big, big shove, big shove. Um, so from the from the solver point of view, the solver likes the shoves with pocket jacks, pocket tens, yep. and then and then for your um, bluffs, sometimes eight six suited, and a couple of other really. Bizarre one's a tiny percentage of the time. Interesting. And it just, you don't get there with pocket fives, I guess. Uh, they don't have pocket fives in the range there. Right. 
but um yeah hmm well i mean you are occasionally going to just walk into someone with the nuts that's that stinks <laughs> and it especially stinks when you've been trying to lay this trap the whole time why don't we take a minute and listen to what our friend john uh, jonathan little has to say and then we can see if we can put a little bow on this for our listeners after have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead what do you do when you have a flush draw do you raise it or do you just call what do you do with ace king when you miss the flop are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess, and don't stress. Just register for your free account at PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker right now. I would do it, folks. Don't make him angry. Just head over to PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker and check out the deal. Um, so yeah, any, any insights here group? How do you, when you're in Chris's position there and suddenly this person makes a huge shove like that, what, what should we be thinking about? How can we prepare ourselves for that to not make a mistake here? Well, I would certainly take longer to think about it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that that's one of my mistakes is, is I'll snap and like, you know what, once it's all in, you have all the time, right? I mean, yeah. you have your time bank you know, live, you have all the time that you can, um, especially when it's an unexpected move. Um, that mm. should at least um, have alarm bells going, oh, that I didn't expect that. Let me take a second, think about what, what, why they could be doing that. Um, I think ultimately, ultimately you might, you might end up at the same action if you think about it, but at least you know that you thought about it, you put some, you went and said, you know, was there, is there some, some piece I, I was missing that I, I, sh I should pick up on? Yeah. When I'm thinking about this, I'm not seeing um, any, what hand would make this play that isn't a bluff that we beat. Right. I mean, any hand that, that is shoving there should have us beat unless for some reason they're really overplaying like a six, you know, and don't believe we have a six at all. Um, but so but that's such a big shove for that. I know. Yeah. I no, know it, they'd be overplaying it. Like, yeah, I agree. But there are people who think that trips are the nuts. Yep. So, you know, they're going, they, they might do that, <laughs> particularly in the smaller buy-in tournaments. Oh, yeah. And we don't know what, what buy-in this is. No, we've seen this happen in the, in the field, though, that definitely people, people overvalue hands like trips, for sure. Right. I would say so, when he, he makes this move, he's targeting specifically a six, as the big blind having a six in his hand when he overshoves like this. That for makes value. sense. Not a bluff as for value, I mean, right? right. Yep. Well, so I guess, you know, the hands that they could possibly have would be a 10 6, a, mm -hmm. um, you know, if they have the case six, a 5 6, in anything that paired the board with a six, I could see someone doing the shove with this, thinking that their full house must be good. And they're just hoping to target, you know, either a higher two pair or uh, someone who, has 
the the K6. Um, so in the end, I guess I might end up calling if I, depending upon my thought of the player, if the player's very good, he shouldn't be doing it unless you're beat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but other than that, it's really hard to fold full a full house. Goes back to uh, Captain Zebo's theorem. Back mm-hmm. in the day, that on two plus two, he always said no one ever folds the full house. So if you have top full house, just shove it in just and hope to get called by second full house. <laughs> yep, can, can confirm. Yeah, I, I'm not folding here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully, I would take my time and think through the possibility, but I'm not yeah. folding here. If you um, were in a big, big buy-in event here, wouldn't you think about folding? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We're only in the third level, right? Right. Right. But like you said, online, people do do crazy things. I mean, it could be complete error. Who knows? Um, Right. Online, people do crazy things. That's true. But I mean, I would, I'd like to have pocket sixes here to make this call, to be honest. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the hand you feel perfectly confident with. (laughs) That's right. Well, um, there's a great response here in the in the post itself from Keith Brandt, who goes by Monkey System, uh, where he's actually uploaded a uh, GTO Plus um, solved spot where he goes in with some assumptions. And he talks about a few frequencies and bet sizings and the kind of hands we might use on different streets. So I do encourage our listeners, uh, go to Rectop Poker, get a free account. Um, you can go look at the forum post yourself and add to them. And uh, if you're listening to this over audio, uh, go to the YouTube channel, look for the Rec Poker community, and subscribe there and uh, watch along in video. We have more fun in video, and sometimes we share a screen and show charts or graphs or something that we're looking at, and it's a little easier to uh, follow along with some of the strategy talk. Um, But I guess without anything else on this particular hand, I want to thank Keith and uh, Chris for their comments in the forums. Does anyone else want to leave any insights for our audience before we uh, roll on out of here? Yeah. Um, so I know also in Discord in our Discord channel. Uh, oh yeah, there's a right. lot, of, lot of discussion there. Like all the good comments, people had fun with it, thinking about it. Um, but ultimately, I always look back and like it's fun to discuss. But I wouldn't lose sleep over this if I were Chris because mm. and. Um, how often does this happen? <laughs> right? right. This is a low frequency spot that you got wrong once, but how often is it going to happen? Yeah. And is there, and I guess the, the one note we could take out of here that I really like is just take, use your time. Just use your time. It costs you nothing. Use your time. And, and Eric said it best, especially when someone does something that's not, that's unnatural in the moment something that breaks the flow, something that's like, oh, wait a second, that's not what I was expecting here. Then use your time and just think about what that actually means for their range. Because if you're thinking, oh, you know, they have some bluffs here, I'll just check call and I feel great about that. But then they shove, you know, seven times the pot. Do they still have those bluffs? You know, maybe that changes their range a bit. What do you know about this player? Um so yeah, use your time. Use your time, especially when things get weird. Use your time. Uh, you never know. You just never know. All right. Well, thanks to uh, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and of course Mark Prashan and Website Amp, 
And uh, thanks to our listeners and everyone who writes in the forums. You're all the best. See you again next week.